Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Today's show features another magnificent moxie chat. The mission of this series is to shine a light on the stories of divine, brilliant leaders who are taking risks, pushing through challenges, and living their best life out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. If you are ready to learn and laugh together, you are in the right place at the right time. As an empowerment consultant myself, as well as an author and international speaker, my daily intention is to speak truth wrapped in grace with divine sides of sass, moxie, and fire. This show is a place for me to share encouraging, empowering stories to ignite your self-talk and sprinkle wisdom to help you define and refine your best self. Are you ready to lean in and learn from a courageous, gracious, tenacious, and absolutely vivacious lioness? Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. Today's guest, Sandra Miller, is here to share her fierce, fiery, soul tank filling wisdom. Let me tell you a little bit about Sandra. She's the principal broker leading Engel and Volker's thriving Santa Monica shop in California. It is the first Engel and Volker shop to open in the state. With numerous prestigious real estate awards and accolades to her name, and when I say numerous, I mean numerous, oh my goodness, Sandra is notably one of only a small number of Engel and Volker's brokers to achieve a private office advisor designation. It's a big deal in that space. Now, Sandra's success is due in part to her years in the corporate realm prior to moving into real estate. That experience serves her particularly well in the Santa Monica and West Los Angeles marketplace, where residential real estate demands keen negotiating and decision-making skills. In short, she's a badass. Sandra and I met through the Woman Up movement. She was a speaker in 2018, our first sponsor for the 2019 movement year, and she volunteered amongst everything else she's doing to be a wave maker this year. We are going to talk about so many amazing, fun things in this. We chat about optimists. Those of you who know what those are, yep, Sandra has one. For those of you who don't, get ready to learn about what it is. We share podcast hacks, the art of active listening, and so much more. Without further ado, here's Sandra. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fire Up Podcast, Sandra. We are so thrilled to be here with you. You know, the community heard all of the amazing things in your bio. I mean, you have just an amazing history of an amazing background. Your accolades are off the charts. However, what I'm really excited about today is to introduce this Lioness Pride to who you are in your heart. I've had the pleasure of spending one-on-one quiet time, some of that sipping bubbly, uh, celebrating things, and (laughs) some of it really just digging into what's happening with women and empowering women, whether it's with the Woman Up movement or other topics. And so I really am so excited for these women to meet you. So welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you, Deborah. I'm really excited to be here. So as you know, as you've heard on the podcast in the past, one of my favorite ways to start this is with the number one question the world of Fire Up community members is always looking for, which is success. What is success? What, how do I define it for myself? I don't, you know, what does that look like? And so let's start there. Like how do you, Sandra, define success? You know, I've striven for success my whole life. Um, and it's really out of the need to just not ever have to worry about money. Um, and so I, I reached that, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, where I could start really thinking outside of my, my needs of taking care of my family and really start just focusing on making other people better at what they're doing. Um, whether it's my clients or my staff or agents, whatever. It's so, so for me, it's, it's really living in service of other people at this point. Um, and, and that to me is the epitome of success because I don't have to focus on the money. It's just there. Right. Well, and I think, you know, one of the biggest topics that 
we stir up with this question is where the industry of real estate or really any industry that has sales, a sales force focuses on when the conversation around success comes. Even when they're choosing panelists, right? They're always looking for top producers where it is 100% about the money that they make. And well, to your point, not having to worry about monetary issues, you know, being comfortable knowing that um, you're not living paycheck to paycheck, that you have what you need, plus some to do things that you love, uh, you know, when you know what that net is and you've achieved it, that you can start to focus on truly serving others on a very different level. Right. And I love that that is so woven into your, you know, I'm successful when concept, right, is really about living in service to others. So how do you do that? Like, what does that look like in, in Sandra's world? What's your give back strategy, in other words? You know, I really try to give, I give back every day, every agent I help mentor, every client I help through a process. I never think about what's in it for me. It's always just to help someone else do a little bit better every day. And I feel so lucky to be able to do that, but I've always been like that. So I find pleasure in helping other people. That's why I'm a good salesperson. I mean, it makes me happy to find people what they want and to do deals that they're happy with. And it doesn't matter what it is. Today, it's houses. It, it could be anything. And it has been other things throughout my career. And for me, it's really, it's, it's about serving someone else. And when I do a really good job, I do really well personally. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, I find that so often when, you know, we start to dig into this conversation around success and, and money. And what's so interesting is women it, it tend to have a harder time talking about money than men. And, you know, I think we're starting to get over ourselves, to be quite honest. I think we've had enough conversations around know how to read a P&L, know your bottom line. If you don't, shame off, you just start learning, right? Find a mentor that can help you understand, you know, what, what those things are. Um, however, I think that underlying piece of when you're doing what you love, serving the people you're meant to serve and truly living on purpose, the money does follow, and it doesn't have to be a passion project. It can be a job that turns into your passion, like real estate, for so many, right? Because it is a lifestyle business. You kind of do real estate all day. <laughs> uh, yeah, all day, every day, seven days a week. <laughs> but it's hard for me to explain how I feel about it. For me, it's not being number one. It's not, I, I don't think... If, if I could never tell someone how much business I do, I would be really happy. Unfortunately, that's not the, the marketplace that I sell in. Mm -hmm. um, in order to get a seat at the table these days, I have to say I'm this, this, and that. And I, I really despise that braggadocious agent lead. I, I don't like it. I think it should be about the client instead of about what I've done. And so I struggle with this. I mean, I struggle even doing these type of interviews. I mean, I'd rather be talking to a client and helping someone do something else. <laughs> right. Um, so, so for me, you know, so it's hard for me. You know, this is focusing on you. However, the reality is, is what you are saying right now is serving someone. It is serving someone who's feeling maybe less than or feeling shameful about how, how they've approached their business. And they're thinking, you know, I don't want to be number one. And so does that make me a, a and there's a lot of people out there, Deborah, that do not want to be number one and they shouldn't be shameful for that. Everyone is going to uh, hopefully find their way to where they're comfortable. Um, you know, you can hire 10 people or you can interview 10, a thousand people um, and everyone's idea of money. A lot of money is different. Yeah. And everybody's willingness to put the time in is going to be different. Sure. Um, so it's, it's something I've learned. I, I don't manage to what I think someone can produce. I manage to what they tell me they want to produce with a little Ooh. coaching, of course. Ooh, say that again. That's good. So I don't manage to what I want someone to produce. I manage to what they tell me they want to produce. I so it's not, it's not my choice. It's theirs. Well, and you know what that, that I feel is a very connected 
collaborative way of leading someone saying, what does this look like in your world and how can I help you achieve your version of success? And, and I really, I, I would love to see more leaders truly embrace that. Like it, like let it not be this, you know, oh yes, we're, we're all about the human at our corporation, but then it, it ends up, you know, they only reward a certain level of, you know, dollar success. I think that what you're talking about is let's find out what the individual needs and wants and desires and let's get that for them. That's so beautiful, Sandra. Oh, my Thank goodness. you. You're welcome. Okay, so let's talk about uh, mentors. Mentors in your life. I know you you are a mentor to many. So what does mentorship look like in your life? Do you have a mentor? You know, I've had various mentors in my life. I call it market research, okay? Other people call it mentorship. It's the same thing in my mind. Um, so, so when I first uh, started selling real estate in LA, I knew what I wanted. And then I looked around to see who was doing that and then really just kind of stalked them. Um, I stopped there, there back then there wasn't social media so much, but you know, I, I looked to see what they were advertising. I looked to see how they wrote their descriptions, you know, how they did their photography. And, and so I took the time to learn the traits of the people that were successful so that I could follow in their footsteps. I love um, that. So, so a mentor, I had a, a, a boss, I don't know, 30 years ago, that was a really old fashioned salesperson. And he, he like get out the door and get in front of the client and make no excuses for not hitting these goals that he had set. Uh, and he really taught me amazing work ethic. And so, you know, he was my boss. He made a lot of money off of me over the years. Um, uh, but I also learned so much from him. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, part of being a mentor or, or a mentee or a protege or however you fancy yourself, that, the label, is taking what works for you and, and leaving what doesn't. And that, it, that one mentor yeah. isn't your go-to for everything. That you have a sales mentor, you might have a, a relationship mentor, or a finance mentor, or just you know, different layers of the different, you know, as I like to say, the luscious layers of our lives. No one has it all figured out in every single layer. No, no, they don't. <laughs> and I've never been afraid to ask questions or I'm a voracious reader. So I've read, you know, every, if, if, so, if a topic interests me, um, I'll go, you know, it used to be I'd go to the library. I'm aging myself um, and, and have to check out all these business books or whatever. And now I can just Google it and then I can check like 50 different sources and really delve deep into the data and figure out what's worked in the past or which way I should go. You know, Sarah has turned me on to podcasts. I'm like, uh, I wish I had a longer commute now because I would listen to more. <laughs> well, you know, I use the, um, the podcast app on Apple and then listen to things at one and a half speed so I can get, Oh, oh what a good idea. <laughs> so I get them done faster. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a podcast hack. I love the mastery of podcasts, but yeah, I, I don't sit in the car very long. So yeah, give that a try. Most speakers, most podcasters you can listen to on one and a half. There's a couple out there who are already like fast Italian talkers and you know, they sound like a chipmunk when you have them. <laughs> so that could be fun. From an advice perspective, if I were to ask you, what's the best advice you've ever received? What, what do you think that would be? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn the table on that. So I'm, I'm a little bit backwards. Uh, so I had someone tell me that I would never be successful. Okay. And that's really all it took. I think I was 16 years old and they were telling me if I didn't do this one thing, I would never be successful. And I'm like, I looked at them. I said, watch me. I never listened to anyone else. Mm. Um, I, in fact, I'll do the exact opposite. So of course I've been driven to succeed, I, you know, really driven to succeed ever since then. Yes. I think that's, you know, what I love about that whole concept. And in particular, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily hear so much now people feel that way because there are so many champions now you have access to online versus I know, it's you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago when, like you're saying, we were going to the library to check out our books. We couldn't just pop on yeah. Amazon and it shows up the next day or download it onto our phone in like 30 seconds you know, like the access to information, the access to voices, the access to empowering voices is 
so intense now, comparatively speaking. But I feel like so often when I'm talking to powerful, successful, amazing women, they had someone in their life at some point that said this exact thing to them. You're never going to amount to anything. You're not going to be successful. You know, whether it was because they were a girl or because of what they looked like, whatever, like it just blows my mind. Actually. It's like, are these people that would even remotely speak that to another person, let alone a child? You know, in my case, I use it as fuel to, to really go, well, you know, watch me. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it well. Yeah. Um, and other people, though, can have that hold them down, and they think about it for the rest of their life, is that one person, you know, ruined them or whatever. I've never blamed anything that I've done, good or bad, on someone else. Yeah. You know, I'm always willing to own my own issues. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Why do you think some people actually go that direction? Because I'm, I'm always so curious about that. Like there, you have a choice whether you're going to let it be an anchor or whether you're going to let it be a hot air balloon, right? And, and help, help you rise you up. If somebody is listening right now and they're kind of in that bitter loop of blaming someone for where they are or for what they spoke into them, like what would you say to them if you were talking to them right now? You know, I would tell them to really find find something that brings them happiness and focus on that rather than focus on the negative. If you focus on the negative, you're just going to be in this vicious cycle and you'll never get out. You have to focus on what's next, what's positive in your life. You cannot think about the negative. It's a self-defeating prophecy if you do that. It's so true, right? I mean, if you think about it, that small sentence of you'll never succeed or you're not good enough, whatever those short, quick sentences are, like stop giving them the power. Stop giving those words the power and flip it, right? Flip it into something that is going to help you, right? That's going to propel you forward. Yeah, I think it's, that's so important. And I think it's important for all of us to hear that most of us have heard something like that before. Right. And that, that it doesn't have to keep you down. I think that's so awesome. Well, and you said, you said the word happiness. And when I asked you what your current, like your word is, right. Whether it's the word of the year or the word of the years or the days, (laughs) what your word was, you said happiness. And of course, even just saying the word happiness makes you smile. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like the word joy. It, they make you smile. So help, help us understand in the fire up community, how do you live happiness? Like how do you remind yourself to stay happy? It's a little dorky, so bear with me. Um, so I have a optimist and if you don't know what it is, look it up. They're these little, they look like they're little heads on a slinky. And I, I have my girlfriend in Norway sent me one. And, and so I have a optimist on my counter and every morning I pat the optimist. Um, I actually have now one for Christmas that's got reindeers. So it's hysterical. Um, but I, I pat the optimist and uh, it makes me laugh. And it just reminds me not to take myself too seriously uh, and to, to really find joy today. So I do that every day, sometimes twice a day. Yeah. So when you said optimist, of course, you know, the first thing I did was Google it. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And I see it and it is the cutest thing. Like everybody needs a optimist. You know, actually I've, I've sent them to people who I think need a little happy in their life. Well, you know what? Here's the thing with happiness or the opposite of it, right? Sadness or bitterness or resentment, like all those, those heavy, deep kind of negative, sad words that come up that keep us from happiness are so much harder to have than happiness. Like, you know what I mean? It's like they take so much more work and energy to frown. It takes so many more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And, and if you can just flip how you're feeling, if you can tap your optimist and it's a physical, that's a physical thing, right? They do say it that. Is, right. Like if you are somebody who's going, yeah, yeah, self-talk, because of course I talk about self-talk a lot and affirmations and speaking into yourself. Like if that just feels too woo-woo for you, uh, then get an optimist and give it a little tappity tap. I mean, we're all into the double tap on Instagram. Why not tap a optimist and, and get a little happy, right? <laughs> You know, it's just, it's a physical reminder of, of just to, uh, you know, to smile, enjoy the day. 
I love it. I'm, I'm so going to order a Hoptimist. I'm going to order one for myself and one for my husband to take to his desk at work. So, cause he's a happy guy and I think he would love to just say, Oh, you're not feeling happy. Step up. Like I think that he would do. There you go. Yes. I think that's so much fun. So we've got the Hoptimist that helps keep you happy. What else, what other things do you do that keep you happy? You know, um, Reading makes me really happy. Uh, my Peloton makes me really happy. Um, I, I really enjoy uh, being outside, being in nature. Uh, so, you know, it's just taking a deep breath and, and really think about every day what I have to be thankful for. And, you know, just enjoying the, the time. Time flies so fast. And the older we get, the faster it flies. I mean, like, I, I'll look up and say, it really can't be six o'clock. I'm watching my people pack up to, to leave you. I'm like, it can't be six o'clock yet. I'm not done. <laughs> right. Uh, so or it, it can't it, be the, yeah, the middle of whatever, April or June or <laughs> like, what the heck? I, I know. I mean, we're planning, we're planning Christmas stuff right now and it's April. Uh, so time flies so fast. I just, I, I want it to slow down um, and, and to really enjoy it. You know, I, I love planning for vacations. I love doing the research and I, I've never hired a travel agent. Um, I like to do it all myself, a uh, little bit of a control space. Um, uh, the planning of it and doing the research and then when you're getting there and you, you know, you check into the hotel or whatever you're doing and then walk the city, it's, just, it's kind of magical. It is. You know, and I think basically what I'm hearing you saying is when you are in your moment, whether it's on the Peloton, whether it's your reading or you're in nature or you're planning or you're vacationing, it's, first of all, none of those things have to do with work per se. The pursuit of happiness isn't related to what you do for a living. Uh, it can be, Correct. it can be woven in, but the things that you're talking about are the, uh, okay, everybody just slow down a minute. Like, Take the hustle, turn it down just a little bit, go sit by the water, listen to the ocean, take a walk around the lake, think about what you're grateful for. Hopefully your career is something that you're grateful for. Yes. Can I hear an amen? Uh, but that it's not related to that. And I think that that's really, that's an important message for people to hear is it's about taking some time to slow down. Now, we love talking about gratitude around the fire studio. So do you have, do you do any like journaling? Do you do a jar? Do you do challenges? Like how do you remind yourself to come from a place of gratitude on a daily basis or a weekly basis? You know, I have, I have my red book, which is my journal. Um, and I'm a one note aficionado. And, uh, and so, yeah, every day I write, you know, what was good, what was bad, what I need to work on. I'm going to back up a second. When you asked me about mentors, mm -hmm. uh, I unfortunately came up in a time of women where other women, especially if you were a, like a, a really good salesperson, were really threatened by you. Uh, and so I unfortunately did not have a lot of women mentors as I was coming up. In fact, I had zero. And that's why I am so strongly devoted to Woman Up and have always mentored my agents. I don't mind taking a brand new agent and mentoring them through uh, if they're willing to put the work in and, and mentoring through to what their version of success is. I, I just love it. So, you know, for me, I think the idea of supporting other women and getting rid of the catty nasty, I mean, we're so mean to each other just to get rid of that and support other women and be happy for their success, whatever their success is and is so near and dear to my heart. So that's, that's why. And I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> well, and I think that's, but that's part of the gratitude side of things, right? Like, um, you know, I've, I've had a couple women on the show in the past who are towards the end of their third act, right? So they're in their seventies and eighties and, and they, they share that, you know, for them to be even be in business was not even an option when they were in their twenties. Like that was right. not the, path. the path was, you know, you graduate from high school, you either become a secretary, maybe, maybe a nurse, um, if you've got means, right? If you, if you, if your family had money and could send you to school or you got married and started having babies and, and how they, they look at what we have access to now, any of us, whatever our age is like this, the generation alive right now that has access to all of these tools. And they're, they, their biggest thing is be grateful for that. Like, don't, 
take that for granted, ladies. Don't take for granted that we can rally together, that we can find our lioness pride based on who we are, what we value, what our message is, where we're going, what, what our vision is for our lives and for our communities, and find other women in a way with whether it's social media or through movements like Woman Up who have very similar values and visions and missions and we can actually do things together and and not worry about the women who don't get us who don't support us it's like let's not worry about them anymore because we can find so many more women who actually do support us we don't have to just wait for the you know the women at the, at work in the lounge or at church in the lobby or like the world is our oyster and our, the, the magnet is our message. And we have such an amazing opportunity with that. And so ladies and, and lions who are listening to this, you know, remind <laughs> yourself that we, we are so blessed in such a time as this to have access to amazing voices like yours, Sandra, who are sharing these things that are reminding us, you know, what is your red book? look like people like is yours purple does you know what what does yours look like and make sure that you're writing down those things on a daily basis one of the things that we really love to focus on when we're having these conversations on the podcast also is habits and i would say you are definitely one of the top five people i know that is so incredibly good about habits you've got great habits you work the habits you share your habits uh, you really do speak to consistency and having a vision and going after it and not listening to the naysayers, whether they're in your your mind, <laughs> whether it's you uh, or the people around you. So how do you, when you look at, at habits, how do you choose which habit you're going to build next, right? So you're like, I slayed those. Okay, what's next? How do you do that? <laughs> you know, do you ever really slay anything? It's always a constant work in progress, right? Um, whether it's drink more water or drink less coffee or um, whatever the habit might be. You know, I'm trying to be more intentional right now. I do so much business that kind of falls in my lap and I'm not intentionally going out and getting what I want. Yes. Uh, and so I, at the end of the week, I'm like, you know, I was incredibly crazy busy, but did I really make one step further? And so I, I'm, I'm reviewing a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to think and be intentional. I love that. And one of the things that you had shared was that you really want to work on networking with meaning right? Like intentionally networking. And I think that that is, that's such a beautiful way to package it, right? You know, I, I talk about this all the time, Sandra, about stop saying yes, when you should be saying no, stop going to the Mm -hmm. events that don't align with your values, that don't fill your soul tank, that you leave exhausted and cranky pants on, you know, when (laughs) it's like, leave those events to someone else who is going to go and be with their people and get filled up. And, and so I think that part of intentionally choosing where you network, honestly, is, is the first step to being able to network with meaning. And so how are you choosing where you're networking? Like where, when, you, when you say you want to network with more meaning, is that in business? Is that for you personally? Business and personal for me, it's the same thing. I am a total workaholic. It's my worst fault and my best fault all, all wrapped in the same thing. Um, so for me, I, I want to take the time. I, I meet so many people, but I get to know very few people, right? So I'm, I'm trying to connect on a deeper level with the people who really pull the light bulbs up for me. You know, if somebody's got just an amazing person and they're, they're doing amazing things, I'm taking more time to try and get to know them. That is beautiful. Well, you know, again, that's intentionally building that list is part of it all as well. And so that, that word intentional, there it is again, ding, 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 ding. And I think that when you do become intentional with those choices, right, it leads to more happiness because you're, you're spending time with people who you really truly want to be with and who you really want to truly have conversations with. You know, I think you and I had a conversation. It's probably one of the second or third conversations we had about small talk, about like, can we just get past that? Like, let's like dig in. (laughs) I want the meaty conversations. I want, you know, table of two, table of four, please. 
where, you know, you can just like lay it all out and have a really good deep connection. And I think we're all craving that to a certain extent. I shouldn't say all, cause not everybody is, but that a large person. Well, there's just so many, there's so many distractions today. Yes. Right. And, and, you know, people are looking around at other people's Facebooks or other people's lives and, and everybody looks like they have a great life from the outside, you know, and, and the happiest person on Facebook might be the saddest person inside, right? It's, it's just, you, you really, we have to stop being so superficial and really look beneath the covers and, and figure out what is going on. Completely. Yeah. Uh, many years ago now, I was listening to a a preacher his name's Stephen Furtick. He's out on the East Coast. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. He's Elevation Church, and and he was he did this whole t- um, message on stop comparing your behind the scenes to other people's highlights highlight reel, and because that's it's been on it's, we've had this problem on social media now for a decade, right? And and so right. if we if we could just remember to flip the filter on to say I'm so grateful that my friends the people I've chosen to connect with on, on social media are doing well. But I also need to remind myself, I am not to compare myself to their posts. Like we have to right. do both. We have to be thankful and bless them and, and be excited for them and celebrate their successes and, and their wonderful vacations and their promotions and their new cars and all those things because we want each other to, I mean, if you're friends with someone, you want them to prosper. You want them to right. live their best life, but just stop comparing yourself. And, and I think that again, it's when you intentionally define what success means to you. Then, then when you're looking through Facebook, it becomes less and less of a comparison and much more of a celebration. And I, so I think that it's, it's just all part of that daily, the work in progress. What, what are we working on right now? Okay, let's work on that today. Let's work on not comparing ourselves on social media today and finding the Yeah, it was, it was a, a good example for me of that is, you know, every year uh, my company does these big awards things, Right. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm worrying because they do it like in the spring of the following year. So in 2018, we get awarded for 2017 and in 2019, we get awarded for 2018 and I never enjoy it. I hate those things. The reason I hate it is because I'm always already completely immersed in trying to hit the award for the current year. And so I don't, I I don't even take a breath and, and appreciate the accolade. I'm always like, where's everybody right now? Who's, who's beating me right now? <laughs> it's, yes. it's insane. So I stopped three years ago. I realized I was just torturing myself. And I, I'm, I have forced myself to stop doing that. I like, well, I, 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 if I might say, like, give yourself some grace, Sandra, because like you are a natural salesperson and having that competitive nature against yourself, like, okay, I was on it last year. I was on it the year before. I was on it the year before. Who wouldn't say, who wouldn't be sitting there thinking, I hope I'm on it again. And am I going to be on it next year? I mean, that's once you taste the success, once you get on those lists, I think it's very human nature to be sitting in the room thinking the same thing right? Because you're, there is that level of stress and anxiety and right. Like how do you focus it for good as opposed to causing you stress? You should be able to take a breath once a year and enjoy it though, yes. right? I you mean, should. Yeah. Maybe it's about who you bring to the event with you. That can be whispering that song right into your ear. Are you enjoying yourself? <laughs> That's the little devil on my shoulder. It's like, enjoy this, enjoy this. Stop it. Stop it. Or maybe you should bring your optimist with you. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> a little red optimist. I can it wouldn't fit in my bag. Oh my God. Like, you're never going to let me live that down, are you? I love that. Oh, I think it's the best thing. I think you're going to start a trend in this industry. We're all going to start taking pictures of our optimist inspired by Sandra. Oh my goodness. I think that's so great. I um, think we need a woman up one. We need a woman up optimist. I mean, seriously, couldn't we, let's just put woman up on everything and anything. <laughs> I love, maybe we could get tiny little uh, woman up stickers for the optimists. Oh, that would be awesome. That, I, I could work on that. I bet I, I, when Carissa hears this, she's going to be like, oh, yes, little tiny stickers. Um, we work with, I think, some sticker mule or something is the company that uh, we work with. And <laughs> I'm sure they're like, oh, here comes another woman up request. 
Those ladies like to put woman up on everything. Yes, we do. Psst. You're listening to the Fire Up Podcast. We'll be right back to the Moxie Chat after this quick break. If you're enjoying the truth being sprinkled on today's episode, let's go deeper together. Check out my Fire Up book and programs, wrangle together a book club with your business besties, sign up to have Moxie delivered to your inbox each week, and so much more over on my website, DebraTrapin.com. Now, let's get back to our Moxielicious conversation. So you mentioned you are a lover of books. Uh, what are you reading right now? And do you physically read or do you listen to them on Audible? Do you do them both at the same time? Like, what's your reading habit? So I, I physically read. I've never listened to an Audible book. Although someone yesterday or this morning, I don't remember which, um, told me about the one and a half speed, which you do with podcasts, which I just learned. But I'm like, I'm my, oh, my assistant told me about one and a half speed for the book uh, narrative. And so I might try it once, but I, I like to visualize the story in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for me, reading is uh, completely de-stressed. So if somebody else might take a Xanax, I, I grab a book. You know, that's, <laughs> my, that's that. my drug. Reading is your Xanax. Well, so one of the things that I actually learned, it wasn't, I can't remember what podcast it was, but it was um, about a year ago that it was when... I now get the physical book and get the audible book. I'm reading the physical book as I'm listening to the one and a half speed in audible. And I, oh. Oh my goodness. First of all, I retain so much more of that book and, and I get through it faster. Cause I'm uh, seriously, cause there's this like, okay, it's like a competition to stay, like stay focused and watch the, you know, watch the words. And, oh yeah, here we go. And, and I also love that uh, when, especially when it's the author, like that's, if the author is reading their book, that's like a huge win for me because there sometimes there's like yeah. tangents, you know, little extra stories or little, and I love that. And so I would encourage you trying that because it's so much fun. I'm, I'm going to try that. Right on. You can still highlight stuff or do whatever you want with the book, but it's like the double whammy reading hack. So I have to look at the one I, I'm reading currently because I never remember the name of the books I'm reading. I, I just read way too much. So I'll tell you what I'm currently reading because uh, it's on my phone. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I did before Kindle. I had to bring extra um, suitcases with me on vacation and like was really stressed about not having anything to read, which is crazy, right? Um, you can you imagine so, Kindle or do you use your phone or an iPad? Like, do you have a separate, do you have one of the little fancy? I have all three. Yeah. No, I have, I have a Kindle, I have an iPad and I use my phone. So, I yeah. um, so I'm, uh, I'm reading, getting to yes. Getting to yes. I love that. Um, the, What's so funny is yourself, you're already like such an expert negotiator. This is what I love about you. You are a lifelong learner right? Like if I was, if I was going in to negotiate something and I was feeling like, mm, I would call you and here you are reading, getting to yes. Like, you know, it, well, I think we have to continually train ourselves. We ha- otherwise we get stuck. You know, one of the things I like about selling or I've, I, I've never been bored by anything. Anything sales related to me has never been boring um, because every deal is different. Every client's different. Um, and the more weapons I have at my disposal. <laughs> I know most people say tools, I say weapons. Um, the more weapons I have at my disposal that I can pull out, uh, it will help me to help whoever I'm trying to, uh, to sell to, right? It's, yes. it's, it's, just, it's just, I think I owe it to my clients to stay up and active and nimble and, and be able to really, you know, run with whatever the situation might be. Yes, I love that. I have a really good story. I have I have to tell you this really quick story. So, oh, um, and it's against male brokers in the commercial realm. Okay, so it's, it was it was interesting from that perspective alone. So, it's a real boys club in a certain area in town here, and they're so pompous. They just drive me crazy. Uh, so <laughs> there was a, a client with this huge property that has strung along every single broker in that neighborhood. So I had a guy approach me, uh, it was last year, mid last year, maybe earlier than that. So he approached me and says, Hey, I think we can get a deal done. Are you interested in this property? Um, and I said, yeah, I'm sure my client would be. What's the number? I'll write a contract, right? That's, uh, that's me. I'm very direct. Right. Uh, and, and he said, well, I think it'll be X. 
Okay. I'm like, great. I called my client. We, you know, did all the research. Uh, we made the offer at X. I got crickets for four days, right? Crickets, like, like no response. So the, the guy finally calls me back and he says, you know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not getting a response. I said, well, what is it? Is it the number? Is it the length? What, what's the deal? You told me you, you, you could get this done, right? So I look bad to my client now yes. because I told them that, you know, we could get this deal done. Yes. And, and my client said, said to me, two and a half weeks went by. I still had crickets, <gasps> right? Nothing, nothing from the seller of this property. And my clients calling me five times a day. Of course. And because uh, now they're excited about it. They want it. And so my client says, do you call that owner, the property owner, or I will? Okay. You couldn't do that in residential, but in commercial, you know, Hey, it wasn't listed. I, so I, I called the owner, made an appointment. Um, I met with him like three days later and it was a two and a half hour meeting. And all I did was listen to him. And, and I mean, literally he has strung every person in town along by the nose. So all I did was listen and he was very fantastical. He really wasn't sure what he needed to get done. So I kept repeating to him what he was telling me. He said, so you're telling me that you will be able to do a deal if we can figure these three things. I was trying to just pin them, right? Yeah, I want you to figure these three so, anyway, so it took me seven months to close the deal. Okay, <gasps> seven months. You so are I tenacious. You are tenacious. So I, I literally, and so every time I see any of the good old boys in that neighborhood now, they're like, I still can't believe you, you closed that deal. <laughs> and I said, you know, it's, you just had to listen to the client. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so anyway, the and be very tenacious, right? I mean, that's, tenacity is, is an underrated trait. I really think so. I mean. Agreed. It's yeah. especially in real estate. So you estate. can cut all that out, but I had to tell you that story because it's so funny when you're, oh, when you're, uh, you, you call me like the master negotiator or whatever. I, I really just listen and then try and figure out a way to have the parties come together to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So well, it's, I, I think, think listening where, is underrated as well. Yeah. I think that's where you bring a, the perfect combination of feminine and masculine energy to the table. And you know that that's a huge passion of mine and of Sarah's with the woman up movement, right? Is it's not an us versus them or feminine is better than masculine. It's like, we have got to figure out a way to bring both those energies to every table, whether it's negotiating, whether it's a boardroom, whether it's a leadership table, like it, it's so magical it, and we can't, we do have the power to do it ourselves, but wouldn't it have been great if that other agent just came right alongside you and you could have closed it even faster, but they were just like, Oh yeah, I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> You're like, you let me mom, let mom well, No, it was, it was even, it was worse than that. And I won't, I won't throw him too far under the bus, but I, I mean, it was, it was really pathetic. He didn't have a contract. He approached me and said he did, and he didn't have a contract. Oh. And so, so he didn't get paid. So it got funnier. So he didn't get paid. And I actually felt a twinge bad about it. But I, you know, I, I asked, I said, you know, do you have a contract? Do you have a listing agreement? I asked the seller that and uh, he said, no, I would never have given that person a listing agreement. And so the, so the agent calls me after it, it records. And of course it was public knowledge and it, you know, they did a newspaper article about it. And, and he said to me, he said, how would you like it if I did that to you? And I said, I would never put myself in that position. I, you know, what do you mean? I would have had a contract before I called me. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing is, is that that is kind of a, the smarmy side of sales right there. Like, hey, I'm going yeah. like, to talk to you and tell you I got a little something going on. And then I'm going to go over here to the seller and say, oh, I got somebody for you. Like, let me help you out. And, and then, yeah, that's. that's and there's so much of that today. Too. Oh, so unpleasant. Still, and the and the grandioseness, right? That the, the making yourself sound better and and to sound larger than life. Uh, I was actually talking to a client the other day about. Um, she was like, you know, I I, I feel so bad. And listen, she listens to a couple of podcasts about how to build her email list, right? And she's like, you know, these people come on and they go, they they went from zero to like a hundred thousand in three months, and you know now they're making five hundred thousand dollars a month with their email list. I'm like, you know what? Here's how I feel about stuff like that. Unless somebody publishes their W two to back up saying they're making five hundred thousand dollars a month off of their email list, I don't even listen to them. Like I, uh, that makes, that doesn't mean anything to me. 
like, and she was like, really? And I said, yeah, because it's just, it's a lot of hot air because they're trying to stand out. They're trying to stand out like this guy saying, and there's no one calling him on it. Yes. Yeah. No one's calling them on it. It's crazy. Crazy talk. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's do some rapid fire. What is on your nightstand? My iPad. (laughs) Your iPad. That's so great. Your favorite movie. My recent favorite movie is uh, Ruth Gator uh, Ginsburg. <gasps> so good, right? I love honestly, that yeah. No, I it was it's uh, it to me that and the um, actually the the uh, on the basis of sex. I liked the documentary, but I liked on the basis of sex too. Because mm-hmm. if you watch both of them and watch them back to back, it just it just it reminds me of why it's so important to do what we're doing. So anyway, yeah, that's my my current to, fave that on the basis of sex I've not I, it's still it's kind of on my it's on my list I just haven't seen it if it's not on the delta movie list <laughs> sad to say that's when I watch my movies now um do you have a pet I do not currently have a pet I've been traveling too much yes do you want do. a pet okay biggest pet peeve oh people who don't do what they say they're gonna do I'm on preaches and start your favorite beverage uh, champagne <laughs> and for some reason, coffee, coffee and champagne. I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a toss up, but you know, yes, champagne you sounds start better. Start the day with coffee and end it with champagne, or start it with champagne, move to coffee to keep it awake, and end it with champagne. And then, yeah, I'm exactly. right there with you. <laughs> I love it. Um, dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark. What would you be doing right now if you weren't selling real estate? Uh, selling jets or boats or something like that. Well, then you're with the right company. Holy smokes. <laughs> you could do that, right? All right. So if you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be? Uh, to fly. Yes. Uh, who would I know, be? right? Stupid, but. No, no. Flying is great. Then you would never have to deal with airplanes. Um, so if you could have dinner with any three people, do you have an idea who those three people would be? Wow. That could be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I would like to have dinner with um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yep. Um, Miss RBG herself. Um, Gloria Steinem. Yep. And Lincoln. Ooh, Lincoln. That's a good one. I've not heard that one before. Um, yeah, RBG for sure. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could do that like now? Like while she's alive, while she's got all these stories just brewing all around her. Just to, I would love to hear what she has to say. Right there with you. I love that. I would love to hear what she has to say about Me Too and what we're all doing as women today. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just, we have this incredible movement going right now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Forbes and uh, there's just so many women's groups that have sprung up. And, and the 2020 elections is going to be very telling in my opinion. I think women have so much untapped power. Uh, and we're just finding it right now. It's just, and it's so amazing that I'm around to see it. Yes. I think that it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the, with the internet. Like I, I often have conversations with women who are in their twenties and they're like, you know, I can't believe what, what women like allowed or, you know, what they accepted or all this, they, they just, they, it's almost like a, what was wrong with you ladies? right? This mentality of, <laughs> yeah. and, and I said, we well, have to remember women lived in a, in a very small pocket. Like it was you, you didn't have a whole world to speak out to and say, is this happening to you? Is this happening to you? All media companies were run by old men. men. And so, yeah. so filtering our stories were filtered. They've been filtered for decades and, and so it's not like this is what we're talking about is new. It's just, we can actually talk about it in an un, uh, unfiltered, unfettered way. And, and we're actually finding these, our, our lioness pride when it comes to understanding what we've been through, you know, what we're going through now, we can find more support. We can find folks who do see the, the world that, that we are all seeking and men and women can actually come together and have those conversations and all colors can come together and have those conversations. And we can, and it's worldwide, worldwide. 
worldwide. Yeah. Global. It's not your neighborhood. Like I was saying, it's not like the, you know, the gals that you might play bunko with or the, you know, the moms of your, your kids at school, like our, our ability to create a lioness pride that is beautiful and global in all ways and diverse in all ways. We are learning that we're not alone that what we've experienced, we're not alone. And that what, what we've dealt with, we didn't even realize we were dealing with because it had become... And we don't have to stand for the status quo. That's yep. what I like about it. Yep. Amen. It's, it's, it's really exciting to me. So... Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I, you know, all of your, all of your work that you um, have poured into and all of your love that you've poured into the woman up movement that um, Sarah and Leslie and all the entire team at California association of realtors has created. Um, and you know, the work that you and I have been able to do in there as well. I mean, you, you're a sponsor, you are a wave maker, you are a voice for us. And I love that you plug that passion into this movement. I was just in DC and talking to a room of 500 real estate women only there. There were the only men in the room were the 80. Awesome. <laughs> like I, so, I totally had FOMO. I had FOMO. I wanted to be there so bad. I got to tell you. Yeah, it was, it was really good. And it was these, these women who are running, you know, they're, they're real estate agents. So there were some brokers in the room, but it was a different community, right? Obviously than than woman up because woman up is about becoming the brokerage owner or an executive leader. These women are, all in as, as agents and listening to their stories and even standing on stage or when Carla was on stage with Cole Banker and sharing like, here's what I heard at Woman Up and here's, you know, we created this, this women's group or me sharing like, is this, are you curious? Do you, are you, are you wanting to understand more about what being a broker owner looks like? Like, are you curious? And they're, they're curious and nobody's ever asked them before. Like, do you want to be a, an owner of your own brokerage? They're like, me? I could do that? What does that look like? And so I think it's, it's just so fun being, being the leaders like we are and actually asking, asking them the question, not waiting for them to ask us, but actually asking them and saying, I see something in you. I, I see that spark in you. Are, is this something you've ever considered? And they're, I mean, I, <laughs> I could not stand for more than 30 seconds without having somebody come up to me and ask me something about it. Like it was that it, there is so much interest in it and that's on the opposite coast. So imagine across the globe, how many women are just waiting, waiting for somebody to ask them. And I don't, I, I'm like, if you're in a way to be asked, I have no problem being the person to ask you. Like I'd prefer for you to lean in and ask yourself ladies, but if you're not going to, I will rev up my moxie and ask every single woman that I know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about being a leader? Have you thought about being an owner? And it's, there is such joy, even if they don't want it, there's joy in the ask, right? Oh. Yeah. I never waited for somebody to ask me. I always took it, right? So, but, but that's my personality. But there are other women that were not brought up that way. So it, you have to lean in and ask them. And so, yeah, I have great faith that the next 20 years will continue to see exponentially bigger changes for women every single year. And I'm happy that I'm part of that. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, what's interesting is, and I, I, I have a feeling maybe this is you too, because of what you just said. But for me, for so many years, I thought, well, like, just ask ladies, like, I don't get it. Yeah. But I don't, I didn't understand it because I never waited to be asked. I mean, from the age of four, I was like, I want that solo. I want to be standing in the front, in the middle, singing with my friends. Like I found my way to what I wanted. And, and I never, I, I wouldn't say I didn't fear a no, but I, I feared not getting what I wanted. <laughs> I just, yeah, me, that's, that's me. Exactly. I, you know, what's the worst that can happen is they say no. And then you go try somebody else. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny. All of my siblings think I was born from an alien. I'm so <laughs> different from everybody else. It, it's like, I, they're like, where did you come from? But I think right? they're like, how did you get to be you? Well, here's the thing, Sandra. There, I think there are fewer women like us. And that comes with great responsibility because we don't yeah, I agree. need someone to ask us. We need to be the people asking. That's what our role is in movements like Woman Up, is to be the woman saying, 
I have all of my fingers, toes, all uh, like I'm a still functioning person <laughs> and I've heard no a jillion times. Uh, I, I mean, I always tell the story that I went in and asked when I was going in for promotion, I went in and I had salary and, and my male boss was like, well, I can't pay you that. You're going to make more than all the men in the company. I'm like, well, that's their fault. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and, I, and my response is, well, I'm better than them. Of course I am. Well, yeah, and I just, deserve to. Great. It's just, it's the, what does it have to do with it? Like, let them negotiate better for themselves. And so when I hear the stories yeah. of like women start, at, you know, they start so much lower. That's why there's this wage gap. It's like, it never really connected to me because I thought, well, that isn't me. That doesn't represent me. I don't need that. But actually, I'm the one that's supposed to encourage those women. I'm the one that's supposed to empower them just like you are. And I think that that's a huge part that so many women don't get when they are confident, when they are tenacious, when they are successful, that part of why we have that is to give back, is to help other women tap into that. And they've never been told that they're worthy. They've never experienced that. And Holy smokes. Oh, just gives me goosebumps. <laughs> like we're so, we're so blessed to be able to do that, right? <laughs> when you sit back and really analyze it as, as part, part of your daily thankfulness or whatever, it's like, it's really mind boggling that we're, where we're at today and that we can, we can do this and, and we're impacting other women's lives. I mean, that the, it's so humbling when people that I've helped in the past, will track me down and reach out to me. And I had somebody, an old employee, actually, uh, I saw some posts and, uh, for a woman up and she's like, can I do this? She's not in the real estate business. And I'm like, I don't know why not, but I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's humbling for me to know that I've helped people and, and, and made an impression on them just by trying to show them the right path to take. Absolutely. And I think that that right there, that's the amen and hallelujah, right? It's the... Everything we do doesn't have to be about us. And I truly believe at the core of who I am and who I was created to be that I was meant to be that person. You were meant to be that person. Sarah was meant to be that person in other people's lives. That, that our achievements weren't meant for us. Our achievements were meant to power our ability to encourage and empower those who need it. And once we can help other women who are powerful and successful and confident kind of wake up like wake up ladies join us help us ask <laughs> like let's do this i love it oh my goodness lift up others yes, yes. okay all right final question yes. final question final question is what does moxie mean to sandra uh moxie to me equals guts right? You have the guts to go out and be who you are and not be afraid of what other people's opinions are of you. That's what it means to me. And you're, you're the epitome of it. And, and I, I, I love the word, right? It's just, it, it is just go grab it. Yes. Take it. Well, you know, the word guts, it's like, a, I remember, I can't, I think it was the holiday or something around holiday. It had, it, Two or two actresses like switched houses for Christmas. One was like living somewhere outside of London, the other was living in LA, and they switched houses. But I think like Cameron Diaz was in it. And, anyways, oh, and Jude Law, yes, he cried in that movie. Anyways, there's this scene where they're talking to this, this older movie producer and director, and he was talking about women in the 40s and, and the gumption, like this this word gumption. And I remember this is probably 15 years ago now, but I thought I, I, there's got to be a way to bring those words back. Like gumption is such a great word. Grit it's a good word. Yeah. It's a back. good word. You know, grit has come back, uh, you know, it's been, and it, there, there's been kind of a feminine sprinkle on it in that book, which I really did. I really do love. I, that book was great. Um, but when I was trying to figure out what my word was going to be around this whole firing, you know, your, yourself up the word moxie, I just could not get it out of my head. I was like, this word is just so much fun. It's a fun word. And most, most of us men and women hear moxie and it's like, you stand up, sit up. Yeah. You're like, you, it's like bit. you got something yeah. like a spice. Yes. It's like spice. Ooh, moxie spice. That would be fun. I need to write that down. <laughs> but it is. It's kind of it's it's kind of a spicy word. 
Yes, it's definitely it's sassy. It's saucy. Yes, I love. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, me too. And and I think you know whenever I'm talking to crowds about the word moxie, and I say you know like who who wants more moxie? I, I mean, everyone's hand goes in the air, right? And and the women who have moxie are like what? They're already screaming. They're like, I, got I want double. Right. There's never enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, never enough ice cream, never enough champagne, never enough moxie. <laughs> exactly. And, I'll, I'll, I'll get in line with that. Yeah, totally. Okay. So any last words of advice? I just want to relay again that it is important to support other people, other women. Real estate's a very lonely job. Okay. It, it just, it, it is at the end of the day, it's a solo independent contractor occupation. Take advantage of the movement that's going on right now and find your tribe and it will give you a much happier existence and you'll probably be more successful as a result of it. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today on the fire up podcast, Sandra. I am so excited to get this episode out there to get your words into the hearts and souls of the lionesses in our pride. And of course the bold lions who come along with us. Thank you gentlemen for your support. Uh, I I'm super excited for all the things that we've got planned that we're going to see each other at this year. Uh, and I You're going to be in Sacramento. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I won't be in Sacramento. Sarah will be in Sacramento. <gasps> I'll be in Denver during the Sacramento. I'm about another event. Um, maybe I'll see you at Awesome Females. Is that next? You definitely will see me at Awesome Females. I've already registered and paid and all that stuff. So I can't wait for that. Yes, yes. And I'm sure there's a couple things in between there. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us today. And thank you for everything that you do. You're amazing. Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, debratraven.com. Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world. <laughs>